space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Shh, the Trekkies are talking. It's mission to explore the Star Trek canon, to seek out new interpretations of human spirituality, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Uh, a bonus episode um, I had a whole nother uh, agenda planned for for this week and uh, at the last moment we just decided we wanted to talk about EO Wilson and ants and you sociality and the Borg so this episode is a bonus episode where we will talk about um, the social behavior of ants and um, termites and um, how uh, human beings are wired for cooperation and um, how um, what is a super organism and um, we'll relate that to the Borg and we'll relate that to uh, our um, desire for uh, order in society and how that plays out in society so it's a really interesting conversation uh, stay tuned Okay, I, I, I'm I'm responsible for this ant obsession this week. <laughs> okay. But I'm gonna share what I read from E.O. Wilson. So E.O. Wilson was is kind of like the founder of the science of sociobiology. Um he spent uh most of his life researching social insects, uh uh ants, termites, bees. And first of all, just a little, a few facts about ants that I thought there are twenty thousand species of ants. That's a lot, um, and they go from all the way to the Arctic Circle, all the way down to South America. So basically, they they almost any environment you can imagine. In the Amazon, if you were to take, um, if you were to take the biomass of all animals in the Amazon, okay. So if you were to take, if you were to take all the animals in the Amazon, and you were to kill them don't please don't do this if you were to kill them and to dry them and weigh them 10 percent would be ants okay mm -hmm. that's a lot of ants okay and and basically the ants um they rule uh the the treetops and uh and the uh and the floor um and uh pretty much everywhere now but here's what he says about here's what he says about what he says about ants um that I just had to had to share. Um it seemed to me that night, and he's he's sitting out in the jungle in the middle of the night and he's meditating, as it has to others in varying degrees of persuasion many times before. The prevalence of ants must have something to do with their advanced colonial organization. A colony is a superorganism, an assembly of workers so tightly knit around the mother queen as to act like a single, well-coordinated entity. A wasp or other solitary insect encountering a worker ant on its, on its nest faces more than just another insect. It faces the worker and all her sisters, united by instinct to protect the queen, seize control of territory, and further the, the growth of the colony. Workers are little kamikazes, prepared, eager, prepared, eager to die in order to defend the nest or gain control of a food source. Their deaths matter no more to the colony than the loss of hair or a claw tip might to a solitary animal. There's another way to look at an ant colony. Workers foraging around their nest are not merely insects searching for food. They are a living web cast out by the superorganism, ready to congeal over rich food, find, rich food finds or shrink back from the most formidable enemies. 
Superorganisms can control and dominate the ground and treetops in competition with ordinary solitary organisms. And that is surely why ants live everywhere and in such great numbers. And I couldn't help but think about the Borg. <laughs> so when I when I read that, when I read that, I immediately thought about our conversations about the Borg. Um, now it's also that the first problem I have I had with it is that how come I thought of this, but but nobody on the enterprise thought of this? I mean, surely they knew what ants were, right? Picard was a uh, apparently came from a French grape growing family, right? Later we find out that he's, you know, goes back, goes back to France to, to, to raise, to, you know, to have, to have vineyards. So he knows what ants are. How come they didn't look at these guys and go, Oh, these are ants. <laughs> That's what these are. And they operate, they, they, op they operate like, they operate like ants. Um, that's exactly what it is. It's a super, it's a super organism. And, um, and super organisms are amazingly successful, right? And anthill is, is an extraordinarily successful um, enterprise because they don't see themselves as they don't see themselves as individuals, um, and they're operating and and the loss of and the loss of the loss of one loss of a life is not considered is going to be you know like the minor loss of a limb or something like that, and. That's exactly that's exactly how the how the Borg approach things, and and a, a last thought, not a last thought, but another thought on this, is that, you know, thinking about human beings, you know, are we becoming, a super organisms, right? If they're so successful, right? If 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 these super organisms are so successful, you know, if we can look at ants. Do maybe we really want to be more like ants? I mean, certainly we've evolved to become to be more dependent on each other, right? I mean, mammals uh, require more social, you know, human beings in particular, right? Are 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 born in this kind of helpless state? They require a lot of a lot of care. Um, culture um, takes the place of. Uh, takes the place of instinct in many cases. So you know, without social life, we know what happens to children when they don't have any kind of social life, when they don't have interaction with, with other people. So we are social animals, so to speak. But I wonder whether we're becoming, whether becoming ants and maybe the, maybe the Borg is really where we're headed. You can, know? I just and, can I just interrupt you and just say, since you said we know what happens to children when they have like, um, I don't know what the phrase he used, but when, when we know what happens to human beings who have challenging, shitty childhoods. Yes. Um, can I just say for the sake of like timeliness and current affairs that um, what happens is you become Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I just wanted okay. to interject. What happens that. is you become Vladimir Putin. Just in case we wondered what happens, now we know <laughs> become Vladimir Putin. Sorry, carry on. I just couldn't help it. Okay, I guess I guess you have a bad childhood and you become a uh, world dictator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I, so, I mean, there is something. You know, the Borg are really successful. I mean, that's the whole. That's that's sort of the whole point. Part of the whole point of this, right, is that as if they if they stay social animals. Right, if they stay social animals and they 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 remain a super organism, they're unbeatable, right? Mm -hmm. But somehow that's evil, right? I mean, there's there's this also this this darkness to it, right? There's somehow something very 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 dark, but we don't feel the same way. So, okay, if I take I saw I actually saw this on TV yesterday. This is what happens once you start researching something. You know, the algorithms go after you. And now I everything I get is ants. Okay, now I get ants everywhere. So uh, this guy takes uh, a piece of candy and he puts it down on the ground, and the ants discover it. And within moments, it's swarmed by these ants, right? And it's a good sized piece of candy, about this big. And uh, for those of you who can't see me, my fingers were held about an inch apart. Um, and these ants swarm this thing, start carrying it off, right? 
And we look at that and we think, wow, that's really cool. That's amazing. Look how you look how they work together. But the Borg go and do that, right? And we're like, bad Borg, bad, bad, right? <laughs> you're, you're bad Borgs. But you know, they're just being a they're just being a superorganism, and superorganisms are able to do are are able to do amazing feats. And everybody's, you know, afraid of them and going, you know, you're so horrible, horrible. But, you know, is survival of the fittest? Is that horrible? I mean, they're the fittest. Yeah, I think I think in a way this is the I mean, one of the, the, the things with the with the early uh, German advancement in the, at the beginning of the, of the Second World War is that they're. they're appear to be invincible uh they will you see pictures of them invading poland and they're working so well together you know raising the barriers and doing uniform uh stuff especially the, the way the propaganda portrays mm -hmm. them you know um uh we know later that the americans were amazed to find out how many how, how much of the uh the germans were lying on horses still they were shocked because you look at all the propaganda videos from the time, you don't see any horses. Right. <laughs> you know, it's all mechanized and that wasn't true. But it was this, but people seen these newsreels of this mechanized army and coordinated and and nice pretty uniforms and stuff like this. And they're overwhelmed. <laughs> they, 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 they really, I guess at that beginning, uh, people thought, this is the end you know we how can we how can we resist being assimilated <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, in one clip that we watched uh the clip from pbs and it was like um something about humans and ants or to be a human or something like that and huh. he was talking about eusociality and um uh you know, like how humans are you social and how, you know, we are wired to be co for cooperation and stuff like that. Right. Um, and like, I thought that was like really, you know, interesting that like we are sort of. And so like, you know, I wonder if, you know, there's this like innate, this, there's this innate, like, longing or something that always tries to like you talked about like centrifugal force or something that's uh you know drawing you towards something right so like i wonder if there's like something in us that like like wants order like like i can't speak for everyone but i'm just gonna be give an example you know we just you just spoke about the military like the military and the germans and you know the perception of looking at these pictures and you just see you know like rows and rows perfectly lined like rows like precision with like you know the the, the uniformity and then okay because i'm from that era you know i have in my head like the russian goose stepping you know, mm -hmm. things with the like same thing. And like, you know, it's horrifying. It's as horrifying as you see like an army of ants like coming at you, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's like, it's awe. Like, you know, like, like that guy, the, the awe guy, yeah. the uh, whatever guy from the, I can't remember his name now from the, California who wrote a book about awe and stuff. Like, I'm just saying like, like, something's in me like when I see like somebody with a uniform or like that it's like it's almost like a comfort or like there's something in me like a magnetic thing that yeah. finds that appealing and attractive you know mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's basically it's basically that like Californian experiment with the year uh, was it the second wave or the third wave I forget what it is called but um basically he um this oh, the way, yes, the way, yeah, right. Yeah, and he separated the students, and uh, and I forget what he, I, I think he maybe used an armband to something like separate, that, yeah. separate the kids out, and just one little thing. And then within a few days, the he basically created a sort of proto fascist group, right? And it just came like that. It, it was like, you know, and it was amazing how fast it happened, I, yeah. I think. I think well we may be really wired for that mm -hmm. i mean i i i you know 
that may be what's happening. I think that's actually, that's a great observation. I mean, that, that experiment is really good. I mean, mm. those were normal high school kids. And the, the same thing mm. also with the Stanford prison experiments, I mean, they were pretty normal. They're pretty normal kids and within, and, and pretty, even the researchers got in, you know, that's, that's both of those experiments. I think the researchers kind of questioned themselves. It's like what happened to them? they kind of like they kind of lost their objectivity too mm -hmm. because it's very heady to be a dictator or to be a, a prison warden you know like mm -hmm. uh, but yeah I think we I think there's there's something in that that does appeal to us and you know that's very deep in us to say you know that wow imagine this perfect order and yet we're really afraid of it right there's there's yes. this awe like that's thing you know when you see the Borg, right? There's, there's this, there is something awesome about it, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, how is it possible that all these, you know, they're, they're so powerful, and they're so united. And, you know, and they, they do a lot of the things. It's, it's an extreme version of us, mm -hmm. right? Because we're all for one and one for all also, but not. Right? I mean, you know, there's the federation. So what is a federation? So a federation is a bunch of people who are all different, who get together for a common, for, 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 uh, for common purpose mm -hmm. with the recognition that they are different. Like right? Canada. What, Canada is a confederation. As right? a confederation. Yeah. Okay. So federation, okay. whatever, right? And, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and so that they're kind of, the, so federation, right? It's like we, we respect you know, we all wear uniforms, right? All those Federation mm -hmm. people, they will all they will all wear uniforms, right? Even though they're, you know, kind of, you know, I don't know what to say. They're not very threatening, non-threatening mm -hmm. uniforms, not steampunk black. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, and so they're just the extreme form of us. And then you think, to, and you think to yourself, I, I think that you know, you, you can't help but think to yourself, you know, are we heading in that direction? This is who we eventually, you know. But then see, let, I'm just going to take that because I'm having my head like Canada. Okay, because what you sort of described of like the, like the Federation, you know, it's like a bunch of, you know, you know, like people in non-threatening uniforms sitting at a table, you know, hoping to hopefully work for a common purpose. Well, like in the pre-Justin Trudeau days, that sounds like a premier's meeting. Like that sounds okay. like a pre a meeting of the premiers with like the prime minister, because that's basically like how Canada works, that everyone's different. And it's really hard to get consensus because, you know, Quebec and Alberta and like Newfoundland and BC. And this is like, if you had like 12 kids sitting at the table and some of them hate each other and you have to like get agreement. Okay. It's basically like that. Mm -hmm. So, but that is like, Okay, that's sort of, you know, quasi conformity. But then you have like, you know, imagine if you had like Vladimir Putin's, you know, thing. If he's got like, I don't know how it works over there. I'm making it up. Okay, I'm stupid. I don't know. Je ne sais rien de plus. Okay, for everyone, I know nothing. I'm making this up. Let's just imagine Vladimir Putin's got like, you know, regional people like, you know, because he's like this Russia's a big country. So he's got like, you know, a cabinet or something. Well, it's not going to be like, you know, if, you know, Stephen Harper's sitting at the table with his like with his premiers, you know, because, you know, Stephen Harper can take disagreement and he can take dissension and stuff. And if you are probably if you're sitting at Vladimir Putin's table, it's going to be like the Borg. Like, this is how it is. Right. So, like, I wonder if there's like if there's like um, like a progression or a, like an evolution of like that or if democracy or whatever we it is we're calling this that we are doing. Um, there was like some checks and balances to make sure that like that doesn't happen, you know, because like, well, yeah, if, if what you're describing is true, then it could be that you know, North Korea is like the highest form of human life now. You know, that's I mean, I mean, scary because like, what does that okay. even mean? You know, like, okay, like a high form of like, 
you know, we are wired to cooperate, but is everyone cooperating? If you force everyone to do a thing because if they don't do it, they're going to die. I'm not exactly sure that you fostered like what E.L. Wilson was. <laughs> right. Well, but okay. So right. Exactly. So, but, but okay. Right. What ants have is so much more, is, is, is so much more mystical and beautiful, right? Because they're, they're, they're spontaneously connected to, they're chemically connected to each other. Like, they too. connect with pheromones and stuff okay yes. but see now we're talking about like now it depends on what we mean by like a high form of life because like do ants have like you know the social wiring that we do like we have like a special like mammalian like addition to our nervous system that it facilitates us to be wired to each other so we can like co-regulate each other and we can like calm each other or like instigate each other like so how do like like how do ants and bees and termites and that like how do they communicate because I don't know that it's that level of complexity I don't know well I think it's I think it's I think it's not that level of complexity but depend you can you can accomplish a well, but that's also, you know, simplified the tasks. Right? I mean, you know, the 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 Borg only have one, only have one task really, right? They I think we're back to the ethics chip, because right. maybe the what I just described in terms of like the social brain, because really that's what it what I'm talking right. about the social brain and the extra like turn the extra branch of the vagus nerve and all of that stuff right, right? that a, that a, like a lizard doesn't have or something right. right um like like is that like higher evolution because like we have that and that's the ethics chip and so that's what makes it so that like okay in china they have a society where you know the leadership thinks that you know you can like there's a certain amount of collateral damage it's okay human rights aren't that important individuals are not that important an individual unit is okay to expand and if you have a collection of individuals it's okay right because this wider thing that we're doing is okay but like is that like is that like you said or north korea is that like the high form of life because like cooperation and stuff is like so like at the forefront or like what is i think that it's like what we're have the conversation we're having in the world like what is superior living like is it that because that seems to be working really well look at china china's like you know one of the biggest powers and look at all of these you know countries like the gulf region and stuff why do you think they're so rich because they don't um, excuse my french because they don't give a fuck about their individual people right yeah. There's actually there's actually a country that uh, makes North Korea look somewhat liberal. Turk something. Turkestan. Something? Yeah. Oh, Turkestan. Turkestan. Yes, and uh, and uh, they are probably the most. Wait, Turkestan or Kyrgyzstan? No, Turkestan. Kyrgyzstan. Okay. Turkestan, and that is probably the most tied down uh, dictatorship that the world has ever seen. Are you talking uh, about, is that Turkmenistan or something like that? Yeah. And he outlawed like everything. He's like a super weird, like dictator, like a- He has like a, he has yeah. like a capital where nobody lives or something. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, the, there is no media right. in that country. There's no state media. There's no media, period. But see, <laughs> why, do you need, why do you yeah. need a media? Like, do, do ants need to know what's going on? Like, mm -hmm. like, 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 do the Borg need to read the newspaper? Like, 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 why mm -hmm. do you need those things in those societies? And so, yeah, like what, like what Lee is right is like, so are we to believe that like North Korea is like what we should all be striving for? Because I don't know, <laughs> like, I think like. Well, well that's mean... the, that's the weird thing about, about, about the, uh... The kind of response to the Borg, you know, it's like, you know, we we want to have this federation, but and we want everybody to wear the same uniform, but we don't want people, we don't want we don't we don't want this kind of uniformity. We, we you know, and we don't want to change our biology in order to get to that uniformity, which is kind of interesting because, mm -hmm. I you know, I 
is kind of an interesting idea. I mean, what if we could, you know, like, what if if we had schools where people, you know, we had gang problems? What if we just sort of sprayed some oxytocin into the air, you know, and everybody everybody kind of blissed out on, you know, now, now they're I micro think Maybe you can do you know? that with teaching techniques. I mean, that's not exactly the same thing. I think what you're talking about is like instantaneous, but you know, but like, I don't know, like it's sometimes maybe some extreme forms of applying uniformity. I don't know if you know who Catherine Babalsing is. Mm -hmm. She's a, a teacher in the UK. Um, and she is like, she runs a school called a Michaela school and she was a public school teacher and she was really dissatisfied with the way the public school system was going. And there was a whole controversy with her. Like this was like, you know, about 20 years ago or so where she was like, had some affiliations with conservatives and she, you know, was canceled. So she started her own school. And she's known as like the mo the strictest headmistress in the UK. And mm. her school is just like in a simple building near Wembley, which is like in a really like, like, you know, like um, inner city part of London. And her students are like, you know, multicultural and, you know, come from immigrant, like, you know, disadvantaged families. And it's like, you know, there are like rules about how to walk in the hall. Everyone wears a uniform, mm -hmm. you know, at lunchtime, you like sit yeah, at tables and, you know, right. you serve one another and stuff. And some people think it's a bit like extreme. Um, and like um, her, her dad and my dad grew up together. So when I was visiting her parents, you know, her, her dad said to me once, oh, I think some of her techniques are a bit, you know, radical. But like now looking even years later, like the, the, the data, you know, the, the, the data from all the testing and stuff, cause they have like a different system where they do their, what's it called, Robert? What's their test called? The, the, the A-levels or? Yes, all yeah. that stuff and the O-levels and stuff. So her techniques are working. And mm -hmm. some people think, oh, you're really like, you know, the old, you know, Caribbean, like hardcore, you know, British Indian, you know, like headmaster and stuff. But you know, my point is like the kids love it. The kids love it. They love the feeling that there's order. And like, you know, if you go, if you have a uniform, when you go to school and everyone is wearing a uniform and everything is the same and there's like, you know what to expect and there's certainty and there's order and it's always going to be this way. And there's no, you know, like that's appealing. That's really, really appealing. And like, I, I, maybe like that's what E.O. Wilson meant when he said like, we're wired for cooperation because uh -huh. like, that's a really great setting to be in, but you're right. Then like, what, what, how much, like, what is their, is their role for individuality and like how much, you know, cause some people might think that, you know, her tactics, Catherine's tactics are a bit severe, but yeah. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, assimilation is also severe, but it's, it's for, it's for the, it's for your good. I mean, you become something, I mean, I think, I think at some point I forget, so I, uh, one of the Borg kind of says straight away, like, don't you want to be something better than what you are? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you not want to improve? I, it's like I you mean, said, I think I was, I listened, eventually listened to the episode. So when one of the things you said, um, like they really think that they're doing you a favor. Like they think that you, they're improving absolutely. you. They're giving you this great gift. How come you don't want it? What's the matter with you? Are you defective? Are you okay? Like, you know, right? I mean, why would you? Why would you not want to be? Why would you not to be? Want not want to be invincible? Why would you not want to have a constant social connection with every everybody around you and to be able to to sleep with the voices of everybody you know in your head? I mean, what a, what a glory that would be! Exactly. Uh, so maybe to, we all should, yeah. you know, maybe we all should be you know looking at the Borg and we should we should be you know admiring and go you know wow. There's our there's our future, and why are we afraid of our future? You know, and see, that isn't that like the ultimate in Star Trek? Isn't this like the ultimate like tension? 
like, you know, even, you know, when you move on to like, we haven't yet, but we will, there's, oh, by the way, guys, there's 23 um, episodes in the uh, Voyager of Bork. So yeah, okay. <laughs> there's 23 episodes to watch. Really? Anyway, yeah. Um, so um, like, it's always a tension between, ooh, the Borg, the Borg are coming and the Borg are going to assimilate us and like, they're going to come and eat our, I'm being a little bit facetious, but like they're going to come and eat our babies and they're going to destroy our way of life and stuff. There's always that tension of the Borg, you know, like you said, like the cube, the evil cube. And, you know, when you see the cube coming in the thing, right. When you're watching the show and you see this thing hurtling at you and you hear like, you know, the noise and shit, and it's all like industrial and stuff. And like, it's sort of like representative of like that, you know, the tension of individualism, which we know, look what happened when they sent Hugh back, like, you right. know, individuality, like kind of fucked with everyone's shit. Right. right. And then, um, you know, there's that tension, but then if you don't have individualism, then you're like North Korea, like, like, because as humans, we're not Borgs and we're not like ants. We can aspire to ants, but like ants don't have like social, like how much social wiring does do ants have? I think a lot of their communicating is like chemically driven, right? Right. I right. Our social wiring is so different, right? We have all these mirror neurons, and and uh, you know we, we do we have a strange set. I mean, a a, a very mammalian set of of uh, social settings then you know that ants that ants don't have um like i think i almost liken us to like a lan like a local area network you know like computers that are in yeah. like a network and they are connected to one another and so they're like individual units and i can sit at this computer and robert just happens to be actually on the other side of the wall and right. you know there's they're sort of networked right but like they're they're separate but, you know, maybe if they were connected at one point and something happened on one thing, there would be some effect on the other thing. But we're like separate units. I think human beings are like that more than like, so like, how do you get like, you know, a network of computers to behave like ants? <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think it's probably not that hard. I mean, you know, I one of the things that one of the things that scares us about AI mm. uh, is that um, it feels like it feels like AI may have the power, you know, to do that. Right? We we're afraid that it's gonna that it's gonna be able to do that and to kind of create different kinds of different kinds of realities and rewire us. I mean, we're being rewired as it is, right? You so you mentioned mm -hmm. Marshall McLuhan before, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Marshall McLuhan predicted this all the way back mm -hmm. in the nineteen fifties that we would our brains would be rewired by media, and we are substantially being rewired mm -hmm. um, in the way that we process information and the speed we process information, um, our you know our attention spans, the way that the way that uh, we process information, the way we share information, all of that stuff. Has been is being completely transformed, and so there's no reason why our social wiring can also be transformed. If we're you know we're we're very neuroplastic, and and the intensity with which the intensity with which we interact with these things and, and increasingly with with AI, right? They're going to be training us. Mm -hmm. I think an interesting um, thing AI is. How we view it is very Borg-like. You know, I fear, at least people who fear it. Yes. And we see it as a controlling entity, the queen in charge of the drones of AI, the robots, and the, whatever, as this mass thing that will take over human beings, you know. Uh, and that's kind of how we, we see it as the Borg threat, you know. How much and of that? How much of that is... I'm going to be Freudian for a moment because um, when I listen to things like that, I always think that this kind of thing betrays uh, like the inner intent of some, you know what I mean? I think it's like a projection. It's our projection when you, if you are in a situation like this and you, the, your first thought is to, you're worried that someone is trying to control you. Like maybe that's a sign of your, your dark side 
that your dark side is like, you know, the fascist tyrant and it's trying to come out or something. Like, I always think that like the first thing that you, a person thinks of, or like a make accuses or like the first negative thing that comes, you know, accusatory or whatever, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I often view it as like a sign of like something it's more, it's more instructive about the person who said it than it is about actually what's happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I get that, but I also feel, I also feel like you can sometimes see very clear motives in these things, although not usually the motive people think. I, I, I don't. I tend not to believe in conspiracy theories mm -hmm. that are about power when it comes to when it comes to technology, because technology, as far as I can tell, is mostly to sell you things, mm -hmm. not to convince you of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you want to tell, if you tell me that people are conspiring to convince me to buy things, that I think is clearly true. Um, as to whether they're trying to control my mind in other ways, I'm 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 less convinced of it. But I think it may happen anyway. Mm -hmm. I, I had an experience recently where I decided to start making um, uh, AI art. Mm -hmm. right? So what you have to do, right, is you have to you have to uh, you know craft text, right? You have to craft text, and then they'll take they take the text and transform it into yeah. in, into art and what happens is so first i felt like i was in control of the tool right i felt like i was in control of the tool and There's i'm a like feedback loop isn't there because yes it, it, that's what you meant by it's teaching you because right. i went through that and it's actually fascinating and it's almost like your reward circuitry really like mine did anyway and it you do because it teaches you how to tell it things. It's right. like, you know, exactly. it's teaching you how to give instructions because it's not just you don't just sit down and put in some shit in the thing and it you get like this great, you know, thing that could, you know, make all of the illustrators go broke. I mean, it's it is a craft that you learn. It's a skill that right. you learn because it only will tell you it give you what you tell it. And so you have to know, you know, yeah. Right. And it's, and it's literally training you. So it's saying, you know, you, you says, and it, it, so it's like, look, my algorithm, you know, it doesn't say this, but it's, my algorithm is just not going to do this. You, if you say this, I can't do it. Okay. So you have to say it, you have to say it another way. And then, um, or, you know, this violates some sort of sense of how I think that the world, you know, I as AI think the world works, right? Um, you know, and so you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to convince me some other way of, you know, convince me some other way to describe this. And, and eventually you find yourself kind of thinking differently, you know, like okay, you are, this, this makes me think about you. programming. So Robert, Mr. High IQ 170 does like, I'm a, do, would imagine programming is like way out of my smartness. People think I'm smart, but like, I am super not. I try to code. Um, it's hard anyway. So I don't have the patience or something, but I imagine that like learning how to code, like changes your, like it, it's sort of like when you're learning, you're sort of rewiring your brain, aren't you? This is, I'd imagine that like when you're learning how to code, when you're learning how to like make a thing with code, which is basically what this is, is right. AI, mm -hmm. like you are sort of rewiring your brain to be able to perform the function. Correct. Isn't that yeah. like learning an instrument? Well, I, too? Well, actually, well, actually, if you look at people who do co do coding and stuff like you, if you look at somebody who's um, running Linux in code and text, uh, and they see graphics that we're used to on computers as a as a setback. And they they see that as an obstacle to to oh, using the computer. Yeah, because it's a block. Because it's something that makes something look like what it's not to make well, it easier well, or more palatable for people. Well, it's uh, it's like constrained when they're doing text. There, it's unlimited. They can go anywhere. They can do anything. So I think that this is like what Lee is talking about, how he learned something 
from the AI because it, you know that's when you are trying to get something and you have to learn how to tell it a thing, right? I think what you're saying is the same thing. Like, I think that like this, like people who can sit down at a computer and work in the shell or like, you know, I'm old. So I remember like before windows, when you had to put all your commands in C and all this shit up, I hate That's, that. Yeah. Um, and like, that is like a certain way of wiring mm -hmm. like that. Not everybody has like, so maybe this is like, you know, the ant thing or something like some people like me like is this like maybe like a, you know how we said that different parts of the world like you know people behave differently and stuff I think we talked about this I, well maybe this was with someone else anyway I have this theory that in different parts of the world people have different character and and that's like regional for a variety of reasons and so like maybe like some people are more can be more like ant-like or more like cooperative collectivists than like some other people who are like, can't manage their ethical chip or something. I don't know. I, I, no, I think that's very true. I mean, certainly, you know, my, my background is in South Asian studies. I spent a few years in, in South Asia and in India. And that's really a collectivist society in mm -hmm. the sense that people don't see themselves. Very rarely do people ever talk about themselves uh, individually in normal conversations people talk about their families mm -hmm. they talk about there's a lot of us and we you mm -hmm. know it could be my cast it could be my family it could be uh it could be my region it could be people who speak my language it could be there are lots of different there are lots of different ways of breaking it down but people generally are individuals more than they're individual mm -hmm. and so and the west of course the opposite is the opposite is true right we 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 hold our uh, communal, most of us, not all of us, we hold our we hold our communal um, identities relatively lightly, uh, and when we don't, it's freakish, right? I mean, people mm -hmm. who who, mm -hmm. who kind of stick to their own are considered to be kind of freakish. Um, well, that's really interesting. That's something that I look sort of like. Um, my dad is from a country called Guyana. So he's like mm -hmm. in Indo-Guyanese. He was Indo-Guyanese. So he, mm -hmm. like his family was Hindu. And so, you know, from ultimately from, from India. So South Asian. And that was like one of the differences that I, that everybody loved about my dad. And that like, you couldn't put it in such succinct, the contrast, because he was like the brown man in the like French society. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and like, that was why he was like that. And that was why like everyone loved him, but no one could be that way, but he was exactly like that. His entire like, like point was to serve, but not in a, like, not in a, like, you know, like not how people mean, take it to mean, like, I don't mean it in like a, a diminishing way. I mean, like he, like, like collectivism is like, you think of your others, you think of like, you're, you, you are only important and your joy is because you have connection to others and stuff. Like, so my dad was not like practicing like any Hindu, he was just like elapsed, but like, I can, looking back now and like, and I didn't learn about any, anything about my culture. I learned about that after, but like, then it makes sense. Like, because like, he was just the tolerant guy. He was like the guy who could see everyone's point of view, who thought, you know, like, like he served the collective as opposed to like how most people here, the collective serves you, you know? And so like, so maybe this is like how we become ants. It doesn't necessarily mean we need to go and become like North Korea. It means we need to be more mindful of the fact that like, like we like is this maybe this is what john kennedy was trying to say i don't know maybe not um like how do like what can we do for the collective not just what can the collective do for us and like oh i need the government to give me a grant for this thing or whatever you know like what can you do for like your your country or whatever like okay. maybe that's like okay this sort of leads into a, a film i'm going to bring up by paul uh and uh, so we've been talking about bugs and the and the hive mentality, and we've also been touching a little bit about fascism and stuff. So we're talking about a film where the bugs, ultimate 
uh, nemesis is fascists. And that's the film Starship Troopers. And uh, and he was basically terrorizing. He was, it was good because he was basing on um, Argentinian fascism, not on on a European fascism. So it was pretty pretty clever. And uh, and uh, and here we have the ultimate hive, the collective bugs. Uh, obviously, um, you know they've got it. Uh, we never see the queen bug. We only see the brain bugs. Um, and uh, but the the human nemesis to fight the bugs is a fascist state. What's the name of this movie? Uh, Starship Troopers. I have to check it out. I've never, I've never seen it. Yeah. And it's based on a Robert A. Henelin book. Uh-huh. But uh, the Robert A. A. Henelin book is more military. And, mm -hmm. um, but uh, Paul Verhoeven took the militarism, made it fascist, and then satirized it and stuff. Okay. And, uh, and literally, they have ads in the film saying, what can you do for your society? What can you do for your, you know? <laughs> and uh, and it sort of reminds you, not just of communism, the communism slogans, but also the American anti-communism slogans at the same time. Very clever. Oh, wow. Because the, that's exactly it. Like, you know, like patriotism and like, the the you know the collectivism like at what what point did they converge into like one awfulnessness? Well, Borgism is its own ideology. I mean, it, it in in a sense, it doesn't you know it it lends itself to it lends itself to all sorts of directions, right? I mean, you can you could have a you could have a Borg. You could have a Borgian fascist state. I mean, that, that would be fine. You could have a Borgian communist state. That would be fine. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, the the collectivism is so extreme that uh, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Um, there's, there's no idea. The ideology. There's no ideology, except for you know, it's interesting. The one thing the Borg do have, the only thing that kind of remains of kind of 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 their humanity is is a is a kind of hubris, right? This idea that we are really better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, that that that's the one thing. That's the that that maybe that's the secret sauce. You know, maybe that's the maybe that's the secret ingredient that left of their mammalian. That you know is, is you know we're really all one and we're better than you are. And maybe uh, that's why individuality I, compromised it because it 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 um weakened that you know it's funny the basically a lot of the, the uh i hate to use this term third will that's how they see americans as the borg absolutely yes, yes. that's yes. how putin mm -hmm. sorry because everyone's talking about it may as well mention it that's how putin sees america and i listened to we just listened to this thing constantine Kistin, I think is his name, on trigonometry. And he was giving, he's, a, I think he's like a Russian background and he lives in the UK now and he knows a lot about, you know, about like Soviet, you know, whatever. So he was saying that, like, like, like he was trying to like say that, like, you know, this is like how, like, like, this is how, this is a, a way that like America is seen, you know, like, and I thought it was just interesting. And what I also think was interesting is like he appeals to this whole thing appeals to like, you know, the people who are conformists and want everyone to think the same on the left and the people who are conformist and want everyone to think the same on the right. Like there are like two elements like on either side that are like what I don't know if we want to call them fascists or whatever um, that that well, appeals to right. Or maybe or it's Borgian. Or maybe it's maybe it's a Borgian evolutionary yeah. push that goes in all directions, right? Maybe and like it goes what like how appealing is it to these Borgian people who are are you being summoned to I'm being summoned, yes. <laughs> so we'll fit, we'll wrap up. But how appealing is it to these Borgian people to see this guy, you know, 
taking like control right and like looking like he like because one of the things that Constantine said is oh first of all he's been Putin's been in power for 25 years so he just acts like he expects that everyone should think that he should just you know he, I'm excuse me don't you know who I am like so but like you know because of the leadership we have and the vacuum like like you know and because of this like this transformation that's distorting our society right now like that does like i'm not a putin supporter okay or any fascist anything supporter i know who he is but like the perception you can't like you can't deny that like it's comforting to people to see that even though that's a perception and that's a pr and that's the whole point of this thing like what is like like what is like what should we strive for because it seems like there are some elements in our society that already like are almost Borg or want to be Borg. They just want to get there in a different way. Well, this week I've decided anything that gets me closer to being an ant, I'm probably for it this week, but probably <laughs> not next week. So, <laughs> so. I got to get going. Okay. And you have, and you have that to was check really out great. The film okay. Bye guys. Yeah. Right. Okay. Next week. <laughs>